Welcome to Insights Now, a series of conversations designed to shine a light of clarity on the complex world of investing. We've entitled our second season Asset Class. After years of very good returns, broad indices of US stocks and bonds look expensive relative to history. This reality both limits future returns and increases the risk of a market correction. Investors who want to enhance future returns or reduce risk may need to adopt a more sophisticated approach, looking at different sectors and styles within US equities and bonds, and looking at other assets to diversify their portfolios. And that's what Asset Class is all about. In each episode, we look at an area of investing and speak to an expert in this area. In 2020, despite a global pandemic and a deep recession, financial markets generally provided very strong returns, with central banks cutting interest rates to very low levels and global equity markets soaring, led by large-cap US stocks. Investors have every reason to be happy about this performance, given the extraordinary circumstances. However, this still leaves two major questions in early 2021. How can investors participate in the equity market while limiting their risk to an eventual correction? And how can investors find income in a world of historically low bond yields? My guest today runs portfolios designed to address these precise concerns. And so I'm very excited to be joined by Hamilton Reiner, who serves as Head of Equity Derivatives and Lead Portfolio Manager for the Hedged Equity and Equity Premium Income Funds here at JP Morgan Asset Management. So Hamilton, welcome to Insights Now. So first question, for many investors, the word derivative is almost synonymous with risk. But do you regard derivatives as a risk mitigation tool? Can you explain? Sure. So when people think about derivatives, they naturally think about gearing, leverage. Uh, but the fact is, derivatives were created over 100 years ago so that farmers, airlines, and oil companies can use them as risk mitigation tools. It's a way to decrease the risk of your associated asset portfolio, what have you. It's not like the Reddit crew is using them to actually accelerate an upward move. It's more around reducing risk than adding risk. Interesting. So now let's look at how this is used in practice. What sort of derivatives do you use to limit the risk on an equity portfolio? So when thinking about looking to mitigate risk, one of the real important things is making sure you're isolating the risk you're looking to mitigate. So from an equity portfolio in general, it's beta. And one of the ways of reducing beta is buying some type of downside hedge or downside protection on the underlying index or stock that you're looking to reduce risk on. So there's two different ways we try to think about it. One is actually just buying a put. That way it's very much, you have an idea as to what your deductible is, if you will, as well as where your put would kick in. Another way we see people utilizing it, which is slightly more cost effective, is a put spread, where you both buy a put and sell a put. It reduces the cost of the overall hedge, if you will, but at the same time, it still gives you a fair amount of downside protection. So in essence, you're surrendering some of the upside in order to limit losses in a market correction. Can you give me an example of the kind of market in which this approach has worked well? Sure. So when you think about hedging, it has a natural cost associated with it, sort of like similar but not exactly like car insurance, where car insurance, you actually hope to never use it, but at the same time, you have it in place so you could actually drive around in snow, rain, sleet, or even ice. So a hedge actually enables clients to not only get invested, but more importantly, stay invested. So when does it work well? Well, it works well when you're looking to get more equities into your portfolio or looking to navigate more tumultuous or violent times in the marketplace. 
So that idea of helping people allocate to stocks and more importantly stay in stocks is when options could be quite effective in a portfolio. Of course, people have always used long duration bonds to offset equity risk. Do you think that your approach is superior to bonds in this kind of market? So over the last 35 years, bonds have been a great asset class and they will continue to be great at some point in the future. But right now, they're somewhat challenged because we've all been kind of spoiled. You've gotten capital appreciation, you've gotten coupon, and you've gotten an asset that sometimes zigs when market zags. And when you think about those three reasons that people have historically used bonds, capital appreciation is going to be challenged given the Fed has basically said they're not going to let yields go negative and, as you know, don't fight the Fed. The second one, the coupon, really is not as exciting as it once was. And then that idea of being that diversifying asset, we continue to see over time that when stocks zig, bonds do not always zag. And as such, those three historical reasons for putting long duration in a portfolio may not be as true today as they historically have been. Or even, as I've seen our Market Insights team talk about, you know, given that the 10-year bond right now is about 1.1 percent, and in 2008 it was about four and a, four four and a half percent. If in 2008 the 10-year bond went to zero instantaneously, you would have made 40 to 45 percent. Today, if the 10-year bond goes to zero, you'd only make about 10 percent. And the reason we like our approach to hedging or diversification to be to be uh, put in place is it's more efficient. It's not a based upon negatively correlated assets. It's based upon hedging the exact asset that you're looking to reduce risk on. And as what we all know, David, is that things are negatively correlated till they're not. And a bonafide hedge will be negatively correlated because it's not based on correlation. It's based upon owning a put or a risk mitigation tool on exactly the same asset you're looking to mitigate risk on. Speaking of bonds, with bond yields at such very low levels, Investors are starved for income. Can you explain how you use derivatives to generate extra income from an equity portfolio? Sure. So in keeping with the idea that options could be used to deliver investor outcomes, whether it be hedging or in this case, income, it really fits into a portfolio construction today more so than ever before. So when I think about using options for income, there's a trade-off. As my boss likes to tell me, there is no free lunch, and I agree with her. You will have to be willing to potentially forego some of the upside in return for the bird in the hand or that income. And selling an out-of-the-money option, whether it be on a stock or an index, helps you convert some of that potential upside into bona fide income. And in a world in which income is extremely challenged, it's a trade-off that really is resonating with all types of clients. Still, it is an equity portfolio and most investors won't want to see big losses in a correction. How do you limit the downside when deriving income from an equity portfolio? So interestingly enough, I was on a call with a uh, institutional client just a week or so ago. And one of the things that the CIO was chatting with me about was when they think about income, they like fixed income. And I get it. But the fact is a lot of fixed income has equity beta, whether it be emerging market debt, high yield, preferreds. And so when I think about how we manage a portfolio to generate income, but also to mitigate some of the downside, well, the options premium will help mitigate some of the downside. 
But if you do it around a more conservative equity portfolio, something that's higher in quality, we find that in many cases, you will not eat all the downside because those higher quality names tend to hold up a lot better when markets sell off. So it's really less about a hedge to the downside, more like an implicit buffer, if you will. Is there a tax advantage in getting your income from an equity-based product as opposed to bonds? Sure. So outside municipals, most fixed income coupons are treated as ordinary income. Now, you and I know I'm not allowed to talk taxes, but we'll talk in generalities as far as what I know and what I understand. And so most fixed income, the coupons are treated as ordinary. When we think about generating income on behalf of our clients, there will be a portion of it that is ordinary, but there's also going to be a portion of it that's equity dividends, which are qualified, which have a very favorable tax treatment. So we like the combination of some ordinary as well as some qualified. Finally, do you expect use of these strategies, which use derivatives to limit equity risk and generate equity income, to grow over the next few years? I do. Over the course of the last few years, we have seen wonderful growth in strategies that use options. And the reason I bifurcate the conversation between option strategies and strategies that use options is because strategies that use options to deliver outcomes are really resonating with all types of investors because those outcomes have never been hard to find in the market in which we look at today. Whether it be looking for income, a 60-40 risk profile, or what have you. And those outcomes that people are so desperately looking for today, David, are number one, how do I own more equities into my portfolio, but also be able to get invested and stay invested? And how can I also generate bonafide income in a way that is untenable in a traditional manner? And that those two outcomes of owning more equities and also generating income are not stale. Those are actually everlasting. And in the market which we're in today, we think they will continue to grow. Well, thank you for joining us, Hamilton. And thank you for listening. Please tune into our next episode, where I'll be joined by Richard Tarmina, head of our Tax Aware Strategies team here at J.P. Morgan Asset Management. This content is intended for information only based on assumptions and current market conditions and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate, including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass.